All right, welcome into the AI Podcast, week 68 for real now, after I did not hit the record button the first time. Uh, Austin Coates, live in Casey Mo, joined by Isaiah Sanders from the beautiful metropolis of Nashville, Tennessee. Isaiah, how are you tonight? Oh, doing great out here in Nashville, enjoying the warmer weather, was outside for most of the evening, doing some... Uh, training with my fiance and her uh protection dog natasha uh got some got some bites in uh with natasha so there you go well uh i i too will be visiting nashville here in the coming months for uh a bachelor party believe it or not who would have thought that nashville and a bachelor party uh the two go together like peanut butter and jelly um So let's get right into it, man. It's been a couple weeks since we talked. Uh, the NFL schedule has now fully been released, and we want to go through here and talk about a couple things. Um, you know, last year when the NFL schedule came out, I think myself included amongst Chiefs fans looked at that first half of the season for the Chiefs and thought, oh my goodness, how are they going to come out of this? Uh, they played the Bucks, the Bills, the Chargers. Um, just a really tough first half of the season. And uh, you know what? Now I'm looking at the Chiefs' first half, and albeit there's some good teams in there, but I think the Chiefs, uh, albeit they do have a difficult schedule because of their placement in the AFC, playing all the first-place teams, um, as well as playing the Jets this year, who are definitely going to be better. Um, they open the they open the NFL season with the Detroit Lions, which I, I really like this game, and I think that we're going to be in for a good one um, to kick off the year, and we're going to find out what the Lions are made of. Yeah, opening up with the Lions certainly should be an exciting game. You know, the Lions were a um, kind of surprise team this past year as far as how well it performed, almost getting into the playoffs. Of course, they had some hype. Um, because of hard knocks, but I don't think people thought they would still be as good as they ended up being offensively down the stretch, putting up quite a few points with Jared Goff at quarterback. And, of course, they're rolling back with that offense. Jameson, Willi- Jameson Williams being out to start the year because of gambling is certainly going to hurt, um, but he wasn't even a contributor for them last year. I think he had like just one catch um, still coming back off that ACL. And so – one thing we will see is the addition of Jameer Gibbs. Their, you know, that that twelfth overall pick they used on him. Expect him to be a weapon for the Lions, but uh, this should be a shootout um, in Kansas City. It should be an exciting first game of the year, and um, I expect the Chiefs to put up a lot of points on this Lions defense. You know, this, they they changed out their entire secondary, basically. Um, you know, traded away. Jeff Okuda brought in some new faces. Um, so I think, you know, it, defense can be difficult. You know, we've seen Spags' defense at the beginning of the year kind of struggle, and then they get it together as the season goes along. Um, that can be the case with a lot of teams. And so uh, Lions might struggle defensively initially, especially with against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, uh, changing out your entire secondary and then – being the opener for the Super Bowl champs who have Andy Reid as their head coach is never a great combination. Um, but, you know, down the stretch, 
Chiefs got the maximum amount of primetime games again, uh, playing teams like the Aaron Rodgers-led Jets, Vikings, Eagles, Bills, Bengals, uh, and Packers. You know, it's it's going to be a good year. Chiefs got the AFC East and the NFC North this year. Let's start off with this question here, Isaiah. Out of out of these slate of games, who is that one? The Chiefs have it every single year where that we think there's not a way that the Chiefs can lose this game, but then the Chiefs do weird things and end up getting beat. I, like, for example the Colts game from last year where there's no way the Chiefs should have even, you know, been close to losing that game. Uh, but they just played their worst game of the year and ended up getting beat by one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah. So with that in mind, really two games stood out to me, um, on the schedule. One would be week three against the bears. Um, Home game, you know, coming off games against the Lions and Jaguars, teams with up-and-coming quarterbacks, um, you know, both very winnable games. But that Bears game especially, you know, this is a team that had the worst overall record um, this past year, traded out of the number one pick. And, you know, running it back with Justin Fields, a guy that's really struggled to throw the ball, but put together an elite rushing offense, um, you know, led by a defensive head coach and Matt Eberflus. So I uh, would not be surprised if they tripped up a little bit against the Bears. Um, if we're talking about just a weird schedule and the Chiefs have not been fantastic defending against the run. Um, and that's what the Bears offense is going to do best. So that could be a trip up spot and also, another one that came to mind was uh, Week 15 at Foxborough. Um, of course, this is not the Patriots of old, with the top, you know, top five defense and offense. Now we're talking about, you know, Mac Jones at quarterback, who really struggled last year with Matt Patricia at offensive coordinator. So another, a, a different offensive coordinator for this team. Um, you know, they don't necessarily have superstars all over the field, especially on the offensive side of the ball, like Ramondre Stevenson. He's probably, the, he's probably their best offensive player, and he's, you know, a second-year back and not necessarily looked at as, like, even a top-10 back in the league, and he's probably what makes their offense go. Um, defensively, of course, led by Bill Belichick. Um, but, again, this is a team that likes to run the ball um, with Bill Belichick. And we'll see if they do things a little bit. They will do things differently now on offense, um, bringing back Bill O'Brien to the Patriots. Um, but I could see, you know, Bill Belichick putting together a great defensive game plan and um, Ramondre being efficient on the ground. Yeah, the, the, the two games that I'm seeing here, the first one is not necessarily a bad team beating the Chiefs, but for some reason I just see that Week 2 matchup in Jacksonville, probably Jacksonville's home opener um, after making the playoffs for the first time in six years and having a real chance to go to the AFC Championship game. They had that epic win against the Chargers in the wild card round. Uh, I think the Jags are 
solidifying themselves as being a mainstay in the AFC. Um, and if they do it again this year, I'm ready to say that with confidence. So week two against Jacksonville, I could see the Chiefs potentially dropping that one um, just because of, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence. One would assume he's going to continue to improve and get better. And you know what? They're getting back Calvin Ridley as well, who didn't play at all last year. So another weapon for him to go to. And then, Isaiah, as much as it pains me to say this, week eight in Denver <laughs> against oh. the Denver Broncos. Here, Here's the deal. Okay, so the Chiefs play the Broncos two weeks prior at Arrowhead, um, and then they turn around and play them two weeks later in Denver. Um, and we know what happened the last time the Chiefs went to Denver. They were lucky to get out of there by the skin of their teeth, in all honesty. Um, probably should have lost that game, but Russell Wilson uh, got hurt late in the fourth quarter, and the Chiefs were able to, to seal the deal. Well, new head coach comes in. Don't really know what the Broncos are going to be like this year under Sean Payton, but one thing I do know is this. He has said that if things don't turn around at the quarterback position this year, uh, there are possibilities for some change moving forward. And I believe that he is serious when he means that. So I do think the Broncos are going to be better this year. They're not going to be, you know, last in the division or whatever they were last year. But, um, Austin, can you tell me the, uh, last time the Broncos <laughs> beat the Kansas City Chiefs? Uh, I do believe that the last time the Denver Broncos beat the Kansas City Chiefs would have been something like week one or two of the 2015 season. Yes, uh, 2015. I don't we are believe. 15-game win streak against the Denver Broncos. We currently. have almost won an entire season's worth of game against them since they last beat us. The Royals did not have a World Series in 29 years the last time <laughs> that the Broncos beat the Chiefs. Um it's got to happen sometime. And uh, I said last year when the Broncos brought in Russell Wilson, if they can't beat the Chiefs with Russell Wilson, they're never going to beat him. Uh, it could go on for a long time. So with that, <laughs> what is uh, what, what are your thoughts here down the stretch before we move off of the schedule? Uh, so the Chiefs' schedule is a tiny bit backloaded in the back half of the year. Uh they play the Eagles, they play the Bills, and the Bengals all within the span of about five weeks. Uh, so that's going to be really tough going down the stretch. They do have the Raiders twice in there and the Packers, which we're to assume that there may not necessarily be a pushover, but Jordan Love is certainly a downgrade. So what are your thoughts uh, down the home stretch of the schedule as far as getting things set up for another run and the Chiefs hopefully looking to, again, lock up a top seed? Well, we do get the benefit of having the Eagles game um, not only be at home but coming after a bye week. We all know that Andy Reid is fantastic after a bye week, so I love getting that Eagles game at home. Um, and then we also – the Bills game is both – Eagles, Bills, and Bengals all get played at home for us. So that is huge. 
Um, you know, we will be going to Lambeau in December, so that's a game to watch out for. Um, because we did play this Packers team with Jordan Love in the past, actually. Um, I can't remember exactly how that game turned out, but I don't remember us like blowing them out of the water. No, it was close um, all the way, close yeah. all the way down. And so, uh, would not be surprised to see AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones be a huge factor for Packers this season, especially once it gets to colder temperatures there at Lambeau Field. And so that'd be a game to look out for. And of course, um, you know, the Bills are once again pushing all in this year and uh, um, make, making a change of defense coordinator of Le- Leslie Frazier stepping away. Um, so Sean McDermott will be back calling the plays. So it'll be interesting to see how this defense performs after, you know, losing Tremaine Edmonds in free agency to the Bears. What they do at linebacker um, will be interesting. And um, that that will be a game to watch out for. Should be a great game there December 10th. Um, Christmas Day, for any uh, anybody wondering what to do Christmas present-wise, um, Chiefs will get the Raiders at home. Um, so that will be a fun game for a lot of families there in Kansas City to hopefully go spend Christmas Day at this stadium. Um, and then I think the league looking ahead with that last game of the year being Chiefs at Chargers, um, who I think Chargers are most likely to compete with the Chiefs as far as if any other team is going to win the AFC West, it would be the Chargers. And so at the very least, I think they'll be in play for a wild card berth. Um, so good move by the league. They always put those divisional matchups in the last week and putting the Chargers there makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that, that game's got a lot of potential to uh, be very important down the stretch or it could totally mean nothing we've seen that more recently than not uh we do remember a couple of years ago when the chargers and raiders faced off in that final game essentially to get into the playoffs and brandon staley fumbled the bag um and all they had to do was tie the raiders ended up winning the game and getting into <laughs> the playoffs so i mean with that being said it's sure to be a very interesting uh, season we're exactly 100 days away from kickoff uh, of the opening night. Let the countdown begin. Uh, just one other thing: Do you think that when the Chiefs play the Packers at Lambeau, that they're going to make Patrick Mahomes' family sit as far away from the field and as high up as Jordan Love's mom had to sit at Arrowhead when he played against the Chiefs and made his debut? Uh, I don't imagine. Usually there is a family section uh, players are given tickets to, so I don't know what that was all about. But, yeah, I don't expect that will be the case. But we'll find out. Whoops. Maybe if it's Jackson, if Jackson's not in prison. <laughs> oh, <then>. God. <laughs> We're just going to let that one slide on by. Uh, moving on to uh, probably the biggest news uh, in the NFL offseason thus far, I would say, DeAndre Hopkins has forced his way out of Arizona. Um, he is now officially a free agent. As of today, it's been processed and finalized. He can go wherever he wants. Uh, there's been a lot of hoopla concerning him 
a lot of people, I think, whenever any player of any talent becomes available, Chiefs fans now just automatically assume, oh, let's go get this guy. Let's go get this guy. Let's go get this guy. Um, and I think we both are in accordance that the Chiefs are pretty set at wide receiver. I think they know what they've got in some cases, and they're waiting to see what they have in others. In uh, Rasheed Rice and Sky Moore in his second year, um, I don't think they're going to go out and spend the kind of money that Hopkins is going to want because he has been on the record as saying uh, that he wants at least what Odell Beckham got, which was a one-year $15 million deal. Um, and I just don't think the Chiefs are going to go out and get it. And so we were talking before the show about, you know, what are the most likely landing spots for Hopkins? Uh, and unfortunately, I I kind of have to agree with your line of thinking of it being the Los Angeles Chargers. You know, the Chargers have Mike Williams. Uh, they just drafted Quentin Johnston. Johnson, Johnston, whatever his name is, at yep. a TCU. Um, and boy, let me tell you, I believe Keenan Allen's still on the squad. He's not, he's older, but he's not a pushover. Um, and if they were to add DeAndre Hopkins, uh, I would be serious in saying that I believe that the Los Angeles Chargers have a legitimate shot to end the Chiefs' um, division winning streak of six or seven years that we're on. Yeah, to me, the Chargers make the most sense. You know, they have just over $12 million in cap space, um, and they can push some of that guaranteed money into year two, you know, do a large signing business. There's cap gymnastics there to make it work because um, a team like the Bears, you know, in theory could offer him more money, but obviously – he has a much better chance to compete with the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, this doesn't completely rule out the Kansas City Chiefs or the Buffalo Bills. It was said both of them were in trade talks, you know, at least had discussions with the Cardinals. But again, this was largely around that contract. So if a team like the Chiefs or the Bills were to want to go get DeAndre Hopkins, what they would have to do is give him a three-year deal and spread that money out over those two years of the deal, maybe even add on a voided year, um, essentially fourth year, where they're just spreading all that cap out, and then he's you know accounts for a small portion of the salary cap, but knowing he's got guaranteed money in those next two years. So is that a commitment the Chiefs are willing to make at receiver with a 30-year-old? I don't know. I don't necessarily think so. Um, so I would not be surprised if he ends up on a team like the Chargers. Um, another team to look out for could be the Packers. Um, they have a fair amount of cap space, and you know they, they're pretty young at wide receivers, so bringing a veteran into the room could make sense, and they have $16 million in cap to work with even after the um, Rodgers trade. So, But I would be – I'd strongly be looking at the Chargers, and even the Ravens could be consideration, as that was one of the quarterbacks that DeAndre Hopkins said he would want to play for. Yeah, and uh, to be honest with you, anywhere but Los Angeles I would be be fine with. Uh, the Ravens would be interesting because they add Odell Beckham. Uh, Lamar has got his deal. 
And I think we could potentially see return to the Ravens of old if uh, if they're able to stay healthy. That's been their problem the last couple of years is that you know people are getting hurt left and right, and they end up starting Pro Bowl quarterback uh, Tyler Huntley or whatever his name is. Uh, and what what the heck was that guy's name? The Pro Bowl. Yeah, Tyler. Tyler Huntley. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, and they still almost beat the Bengals, which is the crazy thing in the playoffs. Um. But yeah, I mean, if Hopkins wants to win for real, he's going to have to go to the Chargers or to the Bills or to the Ravens, I think. I just think those are the three most likely teams where he's going to win. Of course, if he wants to get paid, you know, he's going to go where he's going to go. Whoever's going to Lions could line. be an option if he wants I mean, to get paid. That would be yeah. interesting as well because we both have said that the Lions are up and coming and that division is up for grabs. Um, mm-hmm. that would that would be interesting to see. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see what he does. Hopefully he doesn't drag things out as long as Odell Beckham did. Um, but hopefully here in the next couple of weeks we'll, we'll know more about that. And moving on, the NBA Finals are getting ready to start up here this Thursday. And I just want to say uh, that Boston Celtics are a bunch of frauds. Uh, after battling back from a 3-0 deficit, um, they got spanked for three straight games by the Miami Heat. And then they win three straight games. And I'm thinking, here we go. You know, the Celtics are going to be the first team in NBA history to come, da- come back from being down 3-0 and secure a trip to the NBA Finals. That was not to be the case. The Miami Heat and... Um, Oh my gosh! What was that dude's name that went off last night? Um, can't remember. Martin? Cameron Martin out of the University Caleb, of Nevada yeah. uh, just uh, went off and obliterated them. Uh, the Celtics are done. It's going to be the Heat and the Nuggets who forgot they even had to come back and finish playing the season they've been off for so long. Um, it's going to be a really interesting series. On one side, you have Jimmy Butler who is, you know, very good in the playoffs. You have this Cameron Martin guy. Um, And then on the other side, you have a guy like Nicole Jokic, who is just ungodly. And how he didn't win the MVP for a third straight year is beyond me. Um, He's unstoppable. So it's going to be interesting and... um, I don't know which way you're leaning, but I've been paying attention here in the NBA playoffs, and I've watched a fair amount of Nuggets games. Uh, I just don't think anyone's going to beat the Denver Nuggets, uh, and I think the Nuggets are going to win this thing in five, maybe six games. Yeah, I would not be surprised to see the Nuggets um, run away with this series. You know, they beat Kevin Durant and Devin Booker pretty handily, you know, got out of there in six games and closed out with a 25-point victory in Phoenix, Um, you know, really blowing them out of the water. Of course, that was out without Chris Paul, but um, still, maybe, you know, Durant and Booker um, there in Phoenix. And so, and then they handled business against the Lakers, you know, 4-0 sweep. Uh, against LeBron James. So even if, you know, the Lakers were pretty down this year overall, they really turned things around after the trade deadline, 
um, and geared up in the playoffs. Um, they put up a couple good games against Denver, but um, could not come away with victory, even LeBron's best performance there in game four. They still get the sweep. Uh, but I would not count the Heat out because um, that's what people have been doing ever since even the playing game when they got beat by the Bulls in that first round um, and then managed to get into the playoffs, um, you know, getting by the Knicks and then taking the Celtics. They, they could have swept the, the Celtics team, um, but it ends up going seven games. They win game seven, um, and Jimmy Butler is just a force. He's He has to be considered one of the ten best players in the NBA for what he's done. Um, in Miami, and you know, I saw something on Twitter the other day, like a "What if of if Derrick Rose stayed healthy, and if it was just Derrick Rose and Jimmy Butler?" Like you can't tell me that those two combined would not have won at least one, if not a couple, titles together. Just seeing what Jimmy's been able to do, um, but I do like the Nuggets. Um, I just don't think they have enough people to slow down Jokic. Um, you know, all they have, all the Nuggets will have to do is get Bam in a little foul trouble. And if they can do that, like, just offensively, the Heat don't have the firepower, in my opinion, to match the Nuggets. But I would have said the same thing prior to the series against the Celtics. I mean, yeah. Um, so we'll see. It should be an exciting NBA Finals. Yeah, I mean, Michael Porter Jr., who formerly played for the University of Missouri, plays on the Nuggets. He's been playing well. He's shooting it really well. Uh, Contavis Caldwell-Pope as well. I mean, there's Jamal Murray. You can go on and on about the Nuggets. Um, but the Heat, they they kind of have that it factor. Uh, you can't quite explain it. They're maybe not as talented as the other team, but they find themselves in games. And if I'm not mistaken, the Miami Heat, uh, I think they played in the play-in playoff games to get to yep. this point. No, yeah, I mentioned um, that they uh, they lost to the Bulls in the first one, and then um, what happened after that? I forget exactly. The, I think they let's see in the East. Oh no, they lost. They lost to the Hawks in the first one, and then they beat the Bulls. That was the order. Yeah, and now they're in the NBA Finals with a chance to win their third title as a franchise in the last decade, I believe. Um, but get this, Christian Brown, formerly of KU, he won the NCAA title last year. He's got a chance to win an NBA ring this year as a role player. Uh, if he were to do so, he would be one of only four players in NBA history who have won back-to-back NCAA titles and NBA championships. Some guy named Billy Thompson did it for Louisville and the Lakers in the 80s. A dude named Henry Bibby did it with the UCLA Bruins that seemingly won for like 20 years straight. Uh, and the New York Knicks, and then a couple of guys by the names of Magic Johnson and Bill Russell also did it. So not saying that Christian Brown is the caliber of player 
of those guys because obviously not, but it would be a cool club to join should the Nuggets uh, be able to pull this thing off. So we will certainly see. And uh, with that, it is time to get to the final play. Isaiah, bring us on home. Well, for the final play, I have to talk about the Las Vegas Raiders situation with Jimmy G. Um, You know, comes out over the week that they have an injury clause with Jimmy Garoppolo. If he does not pass a physical by the start of the season, they can just cut bait, move on, and not pay him a dime, which is a hilarious situation when this team had a, you know, top 10 pick have used that they you know had discussions about trading up to number one um you know they could have you know even traded back gotten will levis um could have taken will levis there at pick seven just sat there and taken him um could have done something you know you know could have went and got hendon hooker even uh, but they wait until like the fifth sixth round they drafted no connell knowing full well that jimmy garoppolo was not past a physical and may not be ready for the start of the regular season. And now they're rolling into camp with Brian Hoyer, um, longtime backup, not a starter in the league, and now a fifth or sixth round rookie at quarterback. Um, would be a hilarious situation if Jimmy G ends up getting cut and not making a dime, and the Raiders are in the desert at quarterback once again. 